Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast, continuing on through the month of Jurassic June, brought to you by our Patreon producer, Stephen Keller, who told me about that name of June. And Jurassic World Dominion is out now, actually. like mm-hmm. it, I, That happened now. So it's, a, it's fully Jurassic June. Uh, so we're even more entitled to call it that. Um, I have big news. So I'm Illegal86, uh, one of your typical three hosts. Uh, joined by Nerd Bomber and Technic, my other Ew. two typical hosts. Hello, hello. I would say we're we're atypical people, but you know, typical podcast host kind of people. Um, big news. This is big. I I told Nerd Bomber and Technic. I said I got big news, but I have to share it on the air to get their genuine reaction. Uh, I am now the owner of a bread maker. Yes, that a freaking th- boy. This is big. This is big. I have you I have, made a bread have, yet? Well, no, I got it yesterday. So don't I'm, make okay. bread so, first. What don't is your excuse? Bread. Make pizza dough first. I'm working my way up to it. Well, so we also got well. So yeah, some some background here. Uh, my fiance had a, a bridal shower, uh, so like we we were given things, which bridal showers are great for that. Uh, and you know what else we got? Well, we got many things, but along with the bread maker, we also got a pizza stone. So which so it seems kind of like a match made in heaven of like we should make pizza dough first and like see how that goes. So. What kind um, of pizza is on the docket? Pepperoni? Are you going to put like vegetables? I, like what kind of pizza are you? Well, so I'm a, I'm a, look, my fiance and I are, are very happy. We, we, we're going to get married. We're very, you know, we're, we're, we're a good couple. He's implying I'm not sure. spice it up with crazy toppings. N- no, what I'm implying is I, I don't know if we can coexist. Depending on the size of the pizza, I don't know if we can coexist on one pizza happily because we have differing opinions on this. Um, I am a cheese and pepperoni man. Classic, straight up, no nonsense. Every now and again, I will toss some green peppers on there if I'm feeling fanciful. Uh, my fiance is more of a kind of like a supreme, like just anything you got, put it on there. A lot of the time she's into that. She's also really into just green peppers, mushrooms, and onions a lot of the time. Couldn't you like so buy that sure. though? Do like yeah, I don't a know fitty, why, fitty pizza? I, I don't know why you couldn't do cheese pepperoni and banana peppers. I think I feel like that well, would tickle both your fancies. It depends on pizza size. I need to I need to fully investigate the capabilities of the pizza stone that we got. Um oh, this is all this is all to say I don't know what kind of pizza it'll be yet, but I'll I'll be sure to keep you guys updated. The other I have another bread bread related update that you you short-circuited me on. So we got the bread maker. Haven't used it yet. Another gift that we got, and we have used it because we got it before the shower because it was sent from someone from far away. So it just like, came in the mail and we were like, we'll just open this and start using it. Is a bread box. Do you guys own a bread box? No. No, I put my bread in the fridge. I feel like that keeps it fresher longer. Well, so first of all, and I might be wrong about this, I think bread in the fridge is weird. I just want to, I want to put that on record. Um, I don't need cold bread. I don't. You're need that. weird. Um, good, good comeback. Uh, I, I the bread box though. Like, okay, if I gave you a bread box tomorrow, how would you use the bread box? I'd flip it upside down and use it to hold flowers. Put some soil in it. See, that's the thing though. Like, we don't often have bread in our house. That's why we need to put it in the refrigerator because, like, our bread usage very minimal. We'll do bagels, which should go in the fridge. And we do a lot of like, obviously, hot dog hamburger buns in the summer. But like regular white bread, right. we just don't do. Yeah, well, I'm a sandwich every day, man. So I, I we have a constant stream of bread in the house. So like you're constantly eating cold cuts? Are you a big cold, cu- cold Con- cut household? Yep. Constantly eating cold cuts. Um, run a real big bologna kick right now. And that's, I don't mean like I'm going around telling people falsehoods and they're like that's bologna i mean like i'm actually eating bologna sandwiches i gotta be honest with you a lot of days i said you were weird before Mm -hmm. you're weird Mm bologna's gross man bologna is not gross i will die on this hill bologna is not gross if i'm eating bologna bologna. i'm splurging and doing olive loaf um but straight up olive loaf is weird to Mm -mm. olive loaf is weird to me uh because i don't like olives how you make your bologna classy this this is not the point of my story but uh, shout out to our Twitters at OW Elite Lady Six, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber, at Online Warriors One is our main show account. What are you? Where are you at on Baloney? Pro, anti, in between somewhere. Let us know. 
Um, I bet you most people say, you know, if I'm going to have a sandwich, it's going to be like a nice piece of fried chicken or grilled chicken breast. You know, cold well, cuts not, with their sliminess, I could take it or leave it. That's not like feasible. Like I'm like making this in the morning before I go to work. I'm not, I'm not frying up a chicken. That's, just, that's not in the cards. Anyways, back to bread boxes for a second. What my fiance did with the bread box, which I think was very reasonable and is probably what I would have done. Uh, you know, we had a, a loaf of bread, pretty much a full loaf of bread. She put got it in the, the store. box. It was, it, was in the, it was in the plastic bag that we got it in. And she opened the bread box, took the bread out of the bag, and arranged it in the box. And like put it in there much like you would a, a loaf of bread. Closed the box, walked away. I'm, st- I'm noticing some staleness. We're, we're a few days in with the bread box. I've only had one sandwich so far. So I'm gonna I'm gonna blow I'm noticing, your mind. Real I'm noticing quick. staleness. I don't I don't know. Do we keep it in the bag? No, no, what you're there? supposed like, to I, do? Oh like no, you're supposed to. You're supposed to keep it in the bag, though. You're supposed to keep it in the bag and put it in the refrigerator. Cause bread boxes are stupid. Well, no, but the well, bag okay. will help keep the moisture in. You're supposed but then to keep why it in the, the box. box. Well, that's to hide the light, and I don't really understand that. But like the hide light. the light. Yeah. So yeah. if you didn't know this, bread is actually nocturnal. <laughs> Wait, yeah. wait, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you are you putting me on right now about the light? The no, I think this? there is some something to do with light makes bread go stale. I'm gonna Google because well, you're keeping it moist, so you don't want. It Just to Google be... why have a bread box because that's what I want to know at this point. Why even have? Well, no, if you're gonna because you, you want to keep it moist, so you keep it in the plastic. You keep it in the plastic and expose it to light. You're gonna culture mold because you're giving it all of the resources it needs to flourish that's why whereas if you keep it at a cold temperature bingo bango you don't get mold okay we'll do some research and get back to you guys but i i mean that sounds feasible to me that sounds like a good a good answer from our science man um but i'm like with that in mind i don't know i get my expectations for the bread box might not have been reasonable well, I'll, I'll have to report back on the state of our bread in the coming days. Put a little uh, right now, though. Pump. <laughs> right, the I can box. probably, I can probably science the crap out of this somehow. Um, we're not talking about bread boxes today. That's that's great an episode that would be. Um, so last, yeah, it was last week. Last week we talked state of play for a while. Uh, this week we got among a couple of other uh, game showcases that we're not going to cover. Uh, including the Gorilla Collective Showcase and the Wholesome Direct Showcase, we are going to focus predominantly and pretty much entirely on the Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase that we got, I believe it was late last week or over the it weekend. It was Sunday. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we got a list of games here. We're not going to be able to cover all the games that were even in the showcase, um, but <laughs> there's a lot to cover just within the xbox and bethesda showcase uh i feel like it should come as no surprise to anyone who even heard about the event that i i think it would behoove us to start with starfield um and just just kind of walk through this this was so of all the videos that i watched associated with the because i didn't watch the entire showcase end to end of all the videos i watched that starfield one was by far the longest and i think it was because they had the most to say and for good reason um and it was the first I time wanna... we saw like in-depth gameplay of Starfield because like we've right. seen trailers a lot, but this is the first time we saw like what the actual game kind of looks like. That's so not like it cinematic. Looks dope. So there's there, there's a lot to dive into here. I think predominantly it's all good. So we're gonna start with the good. I have a couple of things I want to. I want to. I don't think I we should dive like, into it though. I think we should maybe fly into it, or just like jump and just kind of like float away like they did. Yeah. Um. There's. there's I, I want to. I want to, like, make special note first, like, everyone's going to be talking about the character customization and the ship customization and the the, the broad expanse of the world, which is frankly insane to me, but we'll get to that. Um, Or the story or just, you know, the the way the combat looks, all all looks great, right? I want to make special mention of the soundtrack of this game as being one of many X factors that I think will set it apart. It It's and a, a game I would liken it to is destiny in that regard. Destiny had a great soundtrack. This is going to have a great soundtrack, uh, great scoring. I think it's going to set it apart, but like Starfield to me 
it looked it, so first of all i think it was the first time i have been lamenting first time in a while at least that i've lamented not having an xbox this is not going to be on playstation wouldn't be caught dead there i'm not a pc gamer so i am therefore just kind of screwed blue on this one uh, this is also going to be uh, game pass day one which is obviously a huge deal for people like nerd bomber and Tectic who you know can yeah, do that screwed I mean, all different colors i hold on i will give right. you a glimmer of hope though like i've seen cloud gaming through game pass expanding lately like i believe one of the the smart tvs is now including access so you can all you need is a bluetooth controller and you can play game pass via cloud gaming directly through your tv obviously contending with like lag and stuff like that and i don't think it'll look as nice as if you're playing it on an xbox series x but there's always the possibility that this could be one of the titles i'm not sure i didn't see it confirmed for cloud gaming but like it could be so maybe you can play it that way on the cheap question if it's available cloud gaming if it's available for xbox one would you buy an old xbox one no it's not i mean it's not that good i I don't think it would be that good there's there's a couple things that i have to say in the negative column for this one but i I don't want to i want to get there later i mean i I guess we can kind of go around you know biggest positives um What's the single thing that you're most excited about with this game? Uh, and uh, you, Tactic, you, you seem like you're brimming with excitement, so I'm going yeah. to kick it over to you to start. So I'm going to go ahead and answer that question with yes. Um, you know, we're all, we all stare up at the skies at night and wonder what's out there. Will we ever be able to explore beyond in our lifetime? And, and hopefully the answer is yes. But what's really great about this game and, and the options that it gives you is the character customization in my opinion i've always said this time and time again it is a feature that i love i love putting myself or even some figment of my imagination into the story be it a character with a backstory that i've predetermined or simply me and with the various backgrounds like careers you can be a diplomat i'm assuming you could be an engineer or a scientist and things like that to give you different right, and skills and, well. and traits that can help you or adapt you in various different ways that's awesome to me i really hope that i can literally make me and for those of you who have seen me you know average looking guy above average snaz size but like that'd be awesome to just be skipping around with with my face and then on top of that you know as i said you can leverage your background your skills you can most likely put that into your base that that that's the thing that i liked even in skyrim i loved making various villages and home bases along the not skyrim uh fallout fallout along the way and to be able to mine and create and build your your home base that is just like I am I am thriving, I am living my best life. I can see most of my time being between my village and the barren high mil- mineral planets that are around me. So, that's so, what I'm most excited for is specifically the village building and hopefully leveraging a engineer class skill tree to be able to really thrive. I figure you'd also be jazzed about the ship customization too. So that's my answer. Uh, the ship customization, like th- to me, this game, it looks like an amalgam of successful games, which I think is a great strategy. Like uh, there were various times in this game, uh, watching this footage for this game. So uh, you have, you have scanning, which I thought was very similar to the Metroid games that I love scanning, scanning a plant you see, scanning an animal, scanning a mineral, just to see what it is, what it can do for you. It, d- making that optional. Um, I think, you know, it's exactly what the Metroid games did, the Metroid Prime games, I should say. Um, and that, I think that worked really well, uh, because it, you can kind of make of that whatever you want, right? Uh, ship customization almost had a Sims vibe to it, uh, which, you know, people go crazy for that sort of thing, obviously. It reminded uh, to, me... To, to say nothing of flying it around, you know, it's designing it seems awesome. The ship customization, and I know you never played this, but I know Tactic watched me spend a lot of time in this, but in Kingdom Hearts 3, there's the gummy ship builder, and it reminded me, like, obviously it's more in-depth than anything in Kingdom Hearts. The graphics are slightly better. (laughs) That too. But, like, it did remind me a lot of the gummy ship builder, and I spent so much time in that. Well, the other thing, like, the weapons, uh, uh, the weapons upgrading, and talking about doing research on weapons, finding benches and using parts to upgrade weapons, that's Last of Us, 
and, and like it's a lot of other games but it's one of the critical parts of last of us the bench that they showed it's it's, it's very similar to that setup um so i just i feel like they're taking elements of my favorite games and combining them um the combat i'm i'm generally pro uh again compared to like with rpgs you never really know right like i i often look to the example of fallout as like that's a game that i feel like ostensibly is about post-apocalyptic combat but the combat is kind of wonky like i don't think it's particularly good did you play this looked fallout a lot tighter 4? than that i don't fall the thing about the fallout games is they have that um you like zoom in on specific parts of bodies and stuff and you're picking what has the highest you don't have to like, do I don't, that I, you can just well shoot. but put, putting it in there i i feel like i need to use it like i don't want to have to do long division to figure out where i'm shooting somebody i want okay i have a gun there's space pirates i'm gonna shoot them which also space pirates amazing another metroid prime thing and also a, a general like cool space game kind of archetype that i think is, is is very smart to put in um, speaking of the space pirates it kind of was heavily implied and this is one of the things that i'm really excited about so one of the things i love the most about fallout is that you can kind of carve your own path. And they obviously like said that pretty explicitly that this was going to be your own story and what you make of it. But as they were going through the story beats, there was kind of a section where it seemed like you could join the space pirates. You didn't have to be a good guy. You didn't have to follow that path. You could become a space pirate instead. And that's one of the things I really loved about Fallout and what I'm sure I'm going to love about this game. And it's very unique in Bethesda games is your ability to carve your own path so very clearly and make your experience much different than any other experience someone might have. Even if you choose one path, like the direct decisions, the people you befriend, the bases you go to, and which planets of the apparently thousand that you go to is going to give you a vastly different experience than anybody else. And while it's a little bit daunting, it was one of the things that really hooked me on Fallout and I'm sure will hook me again because like Tectic said, it's one thing to play like open world games. Typically at the end of the day, it's still following the same narrative thread for the most part, but feeling like you can actually carve your own story is a very uniquely Bethesda thing for me. And I'm excited to do that in space. Are you going to be a space pirate? I mean, I have to see what the story beat is. And that's one of the cool things too, because the writing in these games, like I know some people kind of go eh about some of the fallout writing, but I thought the writing in fallout four, especially like there's, twisty twists at the end and i thought the writing was great and especially my favorite part of bethesda writing is the characters that you meet and they put a lot of thought into the characters that you meet and assuming that the character writing is as good as previous bethesda games i'm really excited and that will kind of influence what i decide to do based on what characters i kind of like fall in love with not like literally but like which characters i relate to the most and end up wanting to follow so maybe i will be a space pirate who knows? I'm going to do exactly so, what I would do in real life and become a galactic conqueror. Space pirates will work for me fine, but I won't be a space pirate. I think the the story of this game is very it's very simple and I think that is befitting of like in in such a uh, insanely large scoped game uh, where you can do so many things, the story should be small. I, I do think like it seems like the story is kind of reined into like, okay, we have this kind of constellation group that you're going to join and that kind of shoehorns you into the ability to kind of go around and do things much like becoming a, um, a spec, a specter does in, in mass effect. And like it, it doesn't need to be much more complicated than that. There's artifacts out that you have to go find whatever you can do that while you're doing a million other things. I do um, like that you brought up mass effect. Cause I do think the mass effect influence is actually pretty heavy a lot here of clear yeah, clear yeah. Parallels i mean sure. even when you look at and i can't remember if this sort of map appeared in mass effect one or if it you'll get to it in mass effect two or three but even the way they laid out the solar systems with the rings and how the planets are kind of aligned and you can kind of zoom in and out of the solar system that reminded me so heavily of navigating the solar system in mass effect and i even commented as we were watching the trailer i was like that feels like straight out of mass effect and i mean that's not a bad thing because it worked really well for that game so why well, not again, replicate it's, it's, it? it it seems like it's just them taking successful pieces of other games um and kind of mushing them all together which is a, a great idea um i was happy to see ship to ship combat definitely um i think that's 
always a cool thing. I don't think it's done enough. I don't know if the last time it was done particularly successfully. Um, so I'm hoping they can make some hay with that. I want to like, I want to talk about the scope. Are you worried about the scope? I'm a little worried about the scope. I, I think it's too big. I'm not worried about it. I think it's wrong right now to, to, to do that. Um, and, and it kind of like dovetails with another one of the points I want to make here in the negative column, which you're going to, you're maybe going to laugh. You're maybe going to see this coming. Um, what I want Bethesda to have done, cause it's too late for them to do it now, but what I want them to have done is cut the thousand planets down to a hundred. And with all the time you save doing that, uh, make the graphics better. This game has been in development for, I don't know how long. Some of the, some of the like wide shots of the planet exteriors, some of them were good. Don't get me wrong, but some of them were bad. Like some of them were, and like I, the graphics were not the point of this game. And I had to repeat that to myself as a mantra throughout watching, watching this trailer. No, but I get but it. And it's very important. It's so behind. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's behind. Definitely. The character models especially felt very dated to me because those character models look like something I was playing on my Xbox one and fallout four. Some of the, like, like they, and they have these, like, and I'm glad you brought that up too, because, uh, the part where the, you meet this lady, that's the story part of the trailer where they're talking about the constellation group and everything. The late, the whole time I was like, this lady's eyes are crossed. Like <laughs> they're slightly crossed. It's like, it's like you, this is 2022. You can do better than that. And like, like this everything, is why you got like, to pick forward. on this lady? That's just her eyes. Well, but it's, it wasn't just her though. It was, it was cause at one point I, I literally thought I was like, maybe it's just that character. No, it's, if you look and like, and also that's a huge part of RPG games is them with that like close in, just face to face talking to folks and they're looking directly at you. It's like just uncross the eyes like write the two lines of code it's going to take to do that i don't know that's minimizing what game designers do but like it just felt like like, that's a that's a kind of a big issue in my opinion with bethesda games and we even saw like i felt like the fallout 4 character models were very dated and whenever that game came out back on the xbox one and ps4 era and i remember thinking to myself wow like the game is really great i love everything about it the story is sweeping but these characters look like something out of the 360 era and they really haven't updated it and it is like you said like rpgs are supposed to be immersive especially something like this where you're potentially spending hundreds if not maybe thousands of hours if you're really a completionist exploring everything and you have games like horizon where the character right, exactly. models look amazing. And then you have this that looks kind of dated. Yeah, I was just going to say, they also showed Fallout 76 as the pit new update. And it it, it does not stand up against it anything just, graphically. I think there was a time, probably right around the Skyrim time, where like it was fine for them to kind of cut graphical corners. Because at that point, like 360 graphics still weren't like... It, graphics weren't what they are now which like the standards are so high now or they should be they should be higher than this you know and it's just it's a lot easier now to notice that and i don't want to like again I, it's not it's i'm not, not worried so not much for this one about. because most of the gameplay i don't think you're going to see characters i think you're going to be in a spacesuit. you're going to be interacting with the environment you're going to be interacting with various creatures animals what have you and i i really think it's going to be a small part of the whole game. So I, I kind of get not really putting a lot of time and effort into that. I wonder well, how so, much of the, like, cause I know a lot of the effort instead of character models obviously went into making a thousand planets. And I wonder like how much of that is going to be available to you in any one playthrough. Like, I wonder if decisions you make will kind of close off some of the galaxy to you, or if you'll be able to access everything in a single playthrough because I got to be honest, that fact alone, like, yeah, that stole resources from upgrading other things in the game, too. But also, like, who has time for that? That just feels daunting. Well, like, will I be able to finish not, the story? Right. Like, it's super impressive. And first of all, I don't think they're going to limit the scope at all. I think I think they want to have a thousand planets just so they can say, here's a thousand planets you can go to. But, like, to me... That's not, and like Nurbomber, me and you are, I think, sort of completionists. And like, this is a nightmare of a game for us in that regard. But it's also just like, from a technical perspective, when you have a thousand planets in your game, you cannot tell me that there's not going to be one planet there. It's going to be like the Cyberpunk 2077 of planets. It's just going to be like a bug (laughs) festival going there. 
like there's no way like the, the scope is just too big for it to be at all tightly wound like to, to me it's a red flag uh i, I just i like and that's i know i'm raining on everyone's parade because that's like it was a thing they revealed at the end and they were clearly like very excited about the scale but like as soon as they it said it though like that. my heart sunk a little bit because what i do worry about is you know there are games where after a certain point i can turn off the completionist because i just want to move on and i want to gun through the story but like if you have to get through a ton of planets it's not to an even... option for you at this point <laughs> like well yeah you're like, not gonna be able to do it how like i want to know how tied to all of these planet exploration missions the main story plot is going to be and am i going to miss out if i don't spend a thousand hours in this game because realistically ain't no one got time for that i just want to find the the planet with all the monkeys that gives me infinite paragon again that's the goal it's just i think what and and like to go back to the positive for a second like this game is going to be amazing the biggest deal ever it's going to be amazing it's going to be like again i'm still like what you're hearing from me right now is a lot of jealousy not being able to play it there's no doubt like everything down to um the i think they call it the digi lock i was like i want to do that the digi pick that's what they called it to pick locks like the little mini game you play to pick locks when i saw that i was like that looks awesome what the heck i'm not gonna be able to do that like there's definitely some bitterness coming out from me right now but i just I don't know for how long this game has been talked about. I expected more graphically. And I think to get that, it would have made sense to say, here's a hundred, like a hundred planets. Like that's still an insane amount of planets. Like I think if I'm you told someone a hundred planets, they would math. say, right. If you said a hundred planets, the people would still be like, that's insane. That would take me a year to play. Like a, a thousand isn't even, it's hard for me to, to fathom that, you know? Who's going to visit every... Because I'm, I'm sure, you know... That's the other thing. Like, let's give credit to the gaming community. I'm sure the game will be out for a week and there's going to be YouTube videos like, I visited all a thousand planets in, in a... I almost called it Mass Effect. Uh, Starfield. And like, power to those people. But that is such a niche audience <laughs> to, to me that just like, I don't know. They, it seems like they should have scaled it down and, and graphicked it up. I will say this game does, and I know we've drawn a lot of comparisons to Mass Effect so far, but it really does feel like the Mass Effect trilogy sequel that Mass Effect Andromeda wanted to be. Like if you added aliens into this game, you could easily be like, yeah, this is the next generation of Mass Effect. Yeah. It's it's trying to be the spiritual successor. I mean, Illegal said it best. It took a lot of the best parts of a lot of really good games and just smooshed them together it, it's it's, it's, a, a, it's a like i'm calling it a frankenstein feels um disingenuous but it, it's 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 more it's like it's just a a conglomerate of so many great things and i feel like it was probably pretty craftily and like coldly calculated to just be this absolutely awesome game and like i i, I doubt in terms of gameplay they probably didn't fumble the ball anywhere it's just like the graphics have me a little underwhelmed, I guess, and the scope has me just full on terrified. I mean, now luckily for me, again, I don't have a horse in this race. I'm, I might never get to play it, or if I do, it won't be for a while. Uh, at which, and you know, by the time it gets to me, they might have pared it down a little bit. I doubt that they would never take planets away. But I think the um, biggest issue, kind of like you mentioned before, is going to be bugs. I know Bethesda has had a track record with releasing buggy games off the bat. And I think Fallout 76 was a big one that lost a lot of people, actually, because it was kind of a mess. And so it'll kind of be interesting to see how they balance that because the scope of this game is so big. There's got to be bugs and they have to have that worked I mean, out and they have to be ready for it because if they don't address it quickly off launch... It could be a mess. I mean, if I'm a Bethesda dev and I'm like working and it's like Friday at 4.30 p.m. And I'm like working this one planet and I'm like, man, I can't get this tree to look right. If five, five o'clock rolls around, I'm like, well, it's one of a thousand planets. People might never see this. And just mark it as done and leave. <laughs> and then like it'll like destroy the entire planet because of some bug. Like it just <laughs> it seems it seems like a potential bug factory. And I agree they have to be on top of that. And they, I'm sure they're thinking about that already. It's just could be a perfect storm in that regard. Um, 
we have a lot of other games to talk about. I mean, Starfield was the the biggest one. Big we got that, the most footage for that one. So uh, this seems like an appropriate time to take our mid episode breakity break. But uh, before we do that, I would of course be remiss if I did not shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Currently one and one on the year in quizzes uh, in his guest spot because Nerd Bomber is a, a real butt cheek. And she <laughs> stole the win from him last time. Sorry, uh, Stephen supports us at our... She's not sorry, uh, Stephen. Tweet at her. I can hear you tweeting from here. Give her hell. Um, Stephen supports us on Patreon uh, at the highest of our three levels of support, which is the night level. As a result, he sits with us at our square table. He gets access, of course, to the monthly secret segment and vlog. He gets his producer shout out every episode. He gets input into the weekly game segment. And he gets the occasional guest spot in which he usually wins at the quiz, but not not the pre- most previous time. Uh, there's also a Squire level of support, which gets you access to the Monthly Secret segment and vlog. And there's a Page level, which gets you access to the Monthly Secret segment. For details on any and all of those levels of support, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Get the details there. Say hi to Steven. Say hi to us. Consider giving back to the show and uh, keeping the mics hot, as they say. Thanks again to Steven. We'll take a short break now to shout out a sponsor, and we'll be right back. Psych, no break today. Okay, we are back, and we are going to keep moving through some of the bigger announcements from the Xbox Bethesda Showcase. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Redfall real quick, uh, if if and you don't mind. Um, this is Arcane, right? And I not yes, not right. I know this 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 is Arcane. This is uh, and with vampires. It's okay, so it, it does seem like Left 4 Dead with vampires. Now th- that's interesting because Back for Blood like just came out, um, so it's interesting that they're kind of going this this route. But Arcane for me. I don't want to say they have a blank check, so to speak, but like Prey was so good. Um, Did you ever end up playing Deathloop? I have not yet. I have it. I own it, but I haven't played it yet. Um, I got really good vibes from this. That's that's like the point I was trying to make is um, I like the idea of a Prey-like game that is about vampires because vampires are, fun fact about me, uh, one of my most like visceral fears. I had nightmares when I was a child from Dude, same. vampires. I'd never uh, do this. Vampires, vampires be scary, you know? Uh, I just, I don't like them. Um, I love the idea of uh, the monologuing that we got in this trailer. I thought that was fun. I don't know if that's going to continue throughout the whole game, but I thought it was entertaining. It made it feel a little bit more natural as as this character is going through this combat and the combat looked great also. Um, I just think it looks very tightly wound. Uh, I, I used that phrase before to talk about Starfields being not very tightly wound. I think this looks tightly wound and I'm I'm all in on this one. This one looks fantastic. Uh, well, I like to... Tactic, thoughts on... Oh, sorry. I was going to ask Tactic, but go ahead. Well, one of the things that I really enjoyed, so obviously like it has the co-op option and I'll probably end up playing this with Tectic, but it also gives you the option to play solo and not need three other people, which is something that a game like Left 4 Dead, like I know you could play with AI, but I always kind of sucked. But I feel like Arcane does a pretty good job with their AI. Like I know some people, and you'll probably figure this out when you play Deathloop, some people had a problem with like Deathloop's AI being a little stupid. But generally speaking, throughout all of Arcane's games, I think the AI is a little bit more intuitive than in some of the other games that I've played with AI companions. And so I am looking forward to playing it either way. And I love the fact that they gave you the option because... Maybe Left 4 Dead. I don't even know if you got AI. I think you just got randomly paired with other people. I cannot remember. But I just remember if you didn't play online or with people you knew, the experience sucked. And I feel like with this game, they're kind of giving you the option. And that, you know, inner monologue sort of thing that's going on is going to kind of make the experience good no matter which way you want to play it. Who's your uh, Who's your character? That's kind of tough. Like, part of me wants to have, like, the... What did she have? Psychic abilities. I think that's kind of cool and unique. and telepathic. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff in all of Arcane's games. I kind of like that kind of... That dealio. 
But there's a lot of cool skills that they showed. So I'm not entirely Cryptid sure. Cryptid guy. Cryptid yeah. guy is my choice, definitely. Lightning bolts. Uh, I was pretty much just sold from that from that point forward. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I love the vibe. I love the, there's a touch of irreverence that I think is appropriate. And I'm just, like they called, they called the, the telepathic girl, like, Something there's something there was a joke about student debt and um I brought it up and now I don't remember it but it was like talking about how she's in a bunch of student debt and I was like it's funny because I have student debt <laughs> um but yeah no I was I was really into this one overall uh tactic any any negatives on this one or should we just say this looks amazing yeah this looks this looks great I was forward. I was I was a big fan of of the Left for Dead I I love the co-op fight monster games it's just it's just a good time it's it's you know, not a very low bar to entry. You get to play with your friends and blow stuff up. Who who doesn't like that? Plus, I'm a yeah, big I fan mean, of vampires as a whole. The cover art should really be me as a little kid in my little vampire costume. It is super adorable. Please post that on Twitter for everyone to see. Coming in hot with all the Twitter stuff tonight, but I agree. It needs to go on. Needs to go up on the Twitter sphere. Um, yeah, Left for Dead. You know. <laughs> And like, I honestly, I was, I was actually, I was just at a store this weekend and I have a backlog of games already, but I was this close to buying Back for Blood. Cause the thing about Back for Blood is 30 bucks and it's like, like they know what they are. They're, they're like, we're left for dead. We know you wanted it again and we have it. Like, and I don't even know if it's gotten particularly good reviews or not, but. Do you want me to make you sad? Is it bad? It's on Game Pass. Oh, it does make me sad. <laughs> try, try, try it and let me know how it is. Because I, I was like, I was literally this close to like to buying it. And when I say this close, I'm holding my, I'm holding my fingers up, and they're really close together. So, uh, yeah, Redfall looks awesome. That'll be coming out. When does that come out? Oh, Sometime in 2023. I don't think they had a full yeah. release date, but it was 2023. And one thing to note, and this is true of a lot of games, including Starfield and now Redfall. They're all releasing, well, not all of these games, but most of the things day shown one. in this showcase were releasing either day one on Game Pass or eventually on Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, push back to the first half of 2023 is what I'm reading. Uh, and yeah, day, day one Game Pass. Um, moving right along, and this is another one I want to I spend a couple minutes on here. Diablo 4. Now, I'm not a Diablo fan. I've never played Diablo. Um, I know Diablo is a big deal. And, like, I had a lot of friends in college who played the crap out of Diablo 3. And then they've spent however long waiting for Diablo 4. And they've been teased with, like, mobile game announcements that were not Diablo 4 for the longest time. Um, I love the idea of this. And I, I, I think games like this are pretty much always going to be successful. One thing I wanted to mention about this trailer, though, is I felt like they were they were kind of hyping things up that have already existed in other games for a long time. Like what, there was one point where they were, well, there, there was the one thing specifically is they were talking about, they're like, you'll be free roaming and you'll see like a group event that you can, you can team up with people and do it together. You can fight this big boss together. And I was like, I was like, destiny's been doing that for like 10 years. <laughs> like when I played destiny, at least five years ago, we were, it was, that was like a big part of the game. Like, and they were, they were talking about it. Like it was some revolutionary thing. And I just thought that well, was interesting. We have not played Diablo either. And I've I've kind of wanted to for a while, but I don't... I struggle sometimes, and I know Tactics did the same the thing. View. It's it's, the view. Yeah, the view. camera view. We struggle a little bit because we get lost in the action. But I think that kind of stuff, like the, the cross-world events and open-world stuff, I want to say that's right. new for Diablo 4. So it's new for it's the new franchise. It's new for Diablo. Yeah. Right. I, I, and I think... They should have made that clear because it just it felt like they were like we're doing this revolutionary thing across gaming and like it probably was for Diablo but like yeah I, I, and it's it's great that it has couch co-op too I wanted to like make special mention of that because oh, yeah. any game that has that is awesome and I know you you have your your gripes with the camera system which I I totally understand but I think that was a good feather for its cap um, this I is one that, that isn't going was, to be on Game Pass but that I might be more apt to buy even though it's not on Game Pass just because of Couch Co-op. So, hey developers out there in the world, I'm more apt to buy your game if Couch Co-op is involved. I don't care even if I don't like the camera angle, I'll give it a try. Well, I also want to bring up uh, one of the other features they mentioned that I thought 
and it, may, it might exist in other games, but I don't know about it. And I thought it was very interesting was this idea that, and I assume it's only in the PVP zones, but if you're a certain level of good at the game, they like mark you on the map and are like, go kill this guy. You're a and, loot like, pinata was the word like, they used. And that was amazing. Yeah, they used the term loot pinata. And like, I was just, I, I, I caught myself thinking like, man, would I want to be like, if I was, if like i assume presumably the game tells you like you've been marked as a loot pinata it finally like, made would that, me excited would that feel good to be extraordinarily to mediocre at games yeah like i don't think i would right. ever like, want yes. to be that good so like this is perfect for me i can try to kill people who are much better than me but i will never be right. targeted although i wonder I just, if it's, I, like, it's like more like if you beat a loot pinata maybe it's like randomly whoever did the most damage will become the next one or something unclear it, right it could be some specific mode or what but i just thought it was interesting how they were like it, it kind of was this self-equalizing like if this person's really good they're going to be marked for death and like i was thinking about how the other half lives in terms of like i can't imagine being that good at the game and like being marked would it feel good would it feel bad how would it feel yeah i just think that was that was an interesting element um the other thing they brought up that i thought was interesting was I don't, I don't know if it speaks to the shortness of the campaign, but like, I thought it was very interesting that in this five minute video, they talked pretty extensively about Endgame specifically, basically saying when you beat the game, there's still a lot to do. Don't worry. Like I see, read that I don't think as it has anything to do hedging. with the shortness <laughs> of the game. I don't think that at all. I think it's more, they realize that there is a big gap between Diablo three and Diablo four. And so they're saying, Hey, we're going to support this game for just as long as the last one. And you're going to have a ton of stuff to keep you coming back for years, if not maybe a decade. Cause how long, I think the gap was pretty long between the games. It was super long, but it was at least like, it had to be six, seven years, at least probably more than that. Um, That's a good point. I'm I'm thinking about a lot of these things clearly with outside the context of Diablo, which like probably because I've never played a Diablo game, but people in Diablo fans are going to be hitting me up on Twitter being like, you you're a big old dummy, which is fair. Um, so yeah, Diablo four was another big deal. Um, again, I don't know that we got a release. Yeah. I think it was just generic 2023. You want a really exciting up and coming release day that everyone should be stoked for guys grounded. I do full game launching September, 2022. That game is just was so much fun. Just with the little, trailer that we got to play but it was frustrating because we couldn't go beyond because it was blocked it was just like a little demo yeah when we played it was the first game preview segment and we basically i remember you talking about it we had a lot of fun with it and i usually don't like those type of games it's like arc if you're not familiar but arc is like extraordinarily frustrating compared to grounded it's like arc light which is my speed arc was too much for me but this, guys, this is September, right in time for when the weather gets cold and you start to become a hermit. Whew, yeah, we're going to be playing a lot of Grounded, so get ready to hear us talk about that because we've been waiting for the full release of this game since that first game preview. Stick, sticking with kind of a rapid fire going through some of these other ones, uh, Erebon Shadow Legacy. Uh, I, was, I was very, like, there were a couple trailers that did that took this sort of approach of... Well, Erebon was a little more cinematic, but it was it was really short, really sweet, really to the point. This is what the game is. It's going to be the cell, the stealth section of like Spider-Man or the Batman games, and you're going to be this shadow thing, and it's going to be awesome. And yeah, I was the movement in that, that. It, not only did the combat look great, but it it had elements of puzzle to it because the way you would move stealthily is as there are moving shadows and things like that would let you traverse the land. And I got to tell you, right, that right. is just a neat concept to just absolutely explore and you can really go beyond with that right you can probably move light light fixtures to help give yourself an advantage or inversely move structures to give yourself a a shadow coverage and i think i think there's a lot to be had there and i'm just incredibly excited to see where they go with it and and what you can really expand upon and the art style is just like i don't know i think if you went back 10 years and you asked me about that art style because I was really into like realism and stuff like that back like 10 years ago especially coming off the heels of the 360 it felt like the more realistic you could get the better but man I'm really digging like the very stylistic art styles now 
And I'm just, I was really digging the entire vibe of this game. Well, so, and, and the game, I, I kind of mixed it up with this because another game that had a really short trailer that was uh, no one talking, no words, no anything, no story, just kind of here's what the game is. We think you'll like it, which I, I love that approach to a trailer. As much as I love cinematics, I love that approach to a trailer as well. Uh, Gunfire Reborn looked very, it was it was just like, this is four-player co-op. It's this very, like you said, kind of stylistically unique gunplay game where you're a cat and you're shooting things dude i I want to be a cat so bad i didn't even know i wanted to be a cat so bad like i knew from stray i wanted to be a cat but like did i want to be a gun wielding cat apparently i did because i was really interested in this game yeah i thought this would vibe with you specifically um when i was watching it but um some other games i want to touch on uh there was a game called high on life and i well what did you guys think of this one? This this is a game that I feel like it's very specifically marketing itself to like, do you ever Rick get high and, and play fans. video games? No, it's marketing itself <laughs> well, to Rick and Morty fans. That's that's what the voice acting is. Well, it's from the creators of yeah. Rick and Morty. Like it they're, just felt like with, with the talking gun, the gun that talks to you, which like is a cool idea, by the way. I mean, it's a cool idea. There were just so many like scenes from this trailer, which again was like pretty short, that were just like, I can imagine this game would be really fun if you were high playing it. Well, I feel like so that was part of the pun of it. I've watched a decent amount of all of all of Rick and Morty, and there is a lot of parallels, a lot of similar characters, a lot of similar animations to what's in the show, and so that's why this seems almost like a tangential fan servicey games to those fans. That that's who this to me is marketing. It's not marketing those who want to get high and play video games. It's marketing those who love Rick and Morty. And so I can get behind that. Uh, but just my opinion, just, just say it, just, just make it a Rick and Morty, you know, non-canon right. That's a good game point too. Instead of being so weirdly similar. Well, I think right. one of the Tip-telling things too, I'm a little nervous on. So this looks like it could be really funny or really annoying. It depends how much chatter the guns are going to do throughout the game. Because, Yeah, like in this snippet, they obviously had to show as much as they could. So that's probably why the guns were talking all the time. But like, imagine you're just trying to get through a level and all you hear is incessant chatter. Like in any game, I feel like there is a good balance between your AI companions talking to you and just shutting the heck up. I don't think you have to worry about that. I think being, like I said, the the parallels from Rick and Morty, I think they've somehow towed the line successfully of what is a non-annoying, annoying character. And I I can't really explain it more than that, but they are the experts at that. I, I will give them that. It certainly looks interesting. Uh, I agree that I think how much the guns talk is, is, is going to be a fine balance, but it sounds like Technic has reason to have faith based on his Rick and Morty experience. I have no Rick and Morty experience. So to me, I was just like, this looks really bizarre, but the premise was very interesting for sure. Um, other games that you guys... I feel like I've been doing a lot of steering the ship here. Anything you guys want to highlight from the long list of Bethesda games before we get into uh, what are you up to Wednesday? I think there was a game called Flintlock. There was more to that title. Uh, Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn. I thought that looked interesting just because, I mean, you guys know me and animals. There was a companion fox spirit thing, so I was immediately like, yes. I really, that's all I needed to see. And I was like, this is going to be on Game Pass whenever this comes out in 2023. So I will play the cute fox game. And I mean, it looked fun. There was like hack and slash action. I think there was some magic and shooting. A lot of portal, a lot of portal work. It looks like you can use and yeah, kind of fox whooshing through portals. Yeah. It looked like it could be like an interesting take on like magical combat and maybe fast paced. And like I said, if there's a cute fox, I'm going to play it. So that I think I'm looking forward to. I don't know if I would buy it if not for it being on Game Pass, but that's kind of the the nice thing about a lot of these games being on Game Pass is that, you know, I'm watching these and I'm like, oh, cool, I can try this out. And even if it sucks, like this trailer might look really cool. But I mean, you know, sometimes a trailer looks great. The game isn't. And I'm not saying this would be the case with this game, but like I don't have to worry about sunk costs because it's free with my subscription it's not free because i'm paying for game pass but like i get to try it out so the one that i'm on the fence about that i that i think needs mention um that i think could be really good and and engaging is cocoon it's a top-down view puzzle game where you're 
dropping balls into various, uh, we'll call them vessels or, or holding areas to move forward and, and keep traveling through layer on layer and layer of your cocoon, it appears. And this just looks like a very chill, relaxing puzzle game that I think can get a lot of mileage out of and, and just... That, that should be the high game, honestly, not not the Rick and Morty one. See, I felt like this game reminded me a lot, and I think I commented on this when we were watching the trailer, but in the latest Ratchet and Clank game, Rift Apart, there are these little mini games when you're Clank and you have basically like, I don't remember if they're balls or something, but you have balls that do different things. Like it can create like an air gust or move you left or right or what have you. And then you have to figure out the correct order in which to place all the balls to solve the puzzle. And this feels like that, but in a more top down, different setting sort of thing. Feels like they basically took that and made a whole game out of it, which isn't a bad thing. But there were also times when that frustrated me. So unclear. And I think One of the other big ones that we do need to touch on, just because it's such a big property, Minecraft Legends. See, I, yeah, I I agree we should touch on it. Um, I just, like, I don't know. Minecraft, like, when I, whenever I see anything about Minecraft, I'm like, how did this get popular? (laughs) Which I know is going to, like, I just, like, made a bunch of, like, in particular, probably our younger fans are probably enraged. Minecraft is great. The story-driven Minecraft games, I find to be annoying. So you won't like this because this is more of a like story-driven. It almost looks. That's, that's, was it like online play? I couldn't really grasp if it was going to be like massively multiplayer. That is a correct thing. statement. This to me does not engage me or enjoy me. I play mine or played Minecraft to just kind of build my own world, to build a little house, to punch a couple trees punch a couple of the zombies once right. I build so some just, weapons. So just like, let it be, and I agree, just let it be that then. Like, there doesn't need to be trappings of, like, why is there a story? Why is there any story? Exactly. I'm not asking that, you, I'm that's, just asking that's, the that's, void. That's where I think Minecraft thrives. And anytime I see these, hey, here's this great story. And yes, I, I know there is a subtle story in Minecraft. You know, you gotta get, get down, fight the dragon, what have you. But to me, that's sort of this tertiary achievement than it is the actual point of the game most people playing minecraft probably don't even know about that or if they do they learned about it at the very beginning and then like forgot about it because they just want to like build something which that's that's great power to them it's just like yeah i thought it was interesting seeing like here's this great story it's like do you know why people are playing your game because <laughs> i don't think it's that most of the time i don't know maybe that's just me being old yeah you're old. Uh, yeah i am old um Xbox Bethesda. There were a lot of games we were not able to hit. Let us know on Twitter at OW Legal86, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerdbomber, our main show account at Online Warriors One. What games did we miss? What games did we hit and get wrong? Because uh, I'm sure you you're, you feel listening right now like there was probably at least one that we got wrong. Uh, let us know. For now, we're gonna head into what are you up to Wednesday, where we talk about what we've been up to. And uh, I'm going to lead off with Wednesday. Yeah, I'm going to lead off with the the slogan singer herself, Miss Nerd Bomber. What's going on in your in your neck of the Ooh. woods? Two words, and this is kind of a combined with me and Tectic because we've both been spending a lot of time doing this in the last week. Stranger Things. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, okay. Are well, you are you further are you further than me? I'm on. A, so, I finished episode five. There's seven episodes out right now. We watched through episode six and I have a lot of thoughts. So first of all, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I would argue no that spoilies. this is one of... This, no, spoilies. no spoilies. Don't spoil me. No spoilers. Don't spoil me. Don't do it. Okay. I'm not going to spoil anybody because there's still also two episodes that don't come out until July 1st. So I think we should do a spoiler cast for like a secret segment in July when those come out because I have so much to say. Definitely. But Definitely. I would posit that this may be the best season so far of Stranger Things. I know season one is really good, but this might trump that because I love the way that it is kind of tying things together. I can see the threads kind of coming together. I really like Sadie Sink. I think she needs to like win some award for her acting this season. Freaking phenomenal. 
the episode that I don't want to give away, but there is a specific episode where her scene, like I looked over at Tectic, the, the she was ended. sweaty. She never sweat. Yeah, like we were both like that is one of the most intense and well done scenes that we have seen in a television show in forever and illegal. I know you've seen this scene, so you know what I'm talking about. It's definitely yeah, I know what scene you're talking about. It, it's definitely at least the second best season. I will totally agree with you on that. I don't know. I, don't, I season one might still be my favorite season, but it's definitely like definitely stronger than three. And almost certainly stronger than two as well. And that's what makes my my next point so frustrating. I mentioned this before the show. So there's three plot points, and no the, spoilers. The there's there's obviously a plot point surrounding some sort of a monster that's not a spoiler. That's pretty constant again around the series. And guys, remember when I said I was going to write a book? I wrote it. I started writing a book, and that's my freaking book. The Duffer Brothers. I'm putting it on the air. They stole my idea. There. They, li- they, they listened to the podcast. Because didn't we they talk hacked, about it on a secret they segment? They hacked the Google. Yeah, I think we did think talk ha- about they, it on a secret segment. They might be Patreon subscribers. Shout out to those guys. Cheers. And like, there are characters who have fallen by the wayside for me. Like, there's an entire subplot of a group of characters who, again, I'm not going to go into detail because I don't want to spoil anything, but I could just give two hoots about like i feel like they're stealing screen time from the characters and the story beats that i really want to yeah, know about. i know ex- i know exactly which group you're talking about there's and I, won't, I won't say there's characters here that they don't know what to do with anymore and that's fine but just stop giving them as much screen time please let me focus on the characters i want to know about um but even like R- agreed there's a new addition of a character who I think fits in really well. And I have so many theories that I want to discuss so badly, but I don't want to spoil anything. And I'm really excited to see how this season wraps up. And it's funny because I know there's another season on the horizon. Season five is coming up maybe next year or in the near future. Um, and that'll be the last season that finishes out the show. But I feel like the way this show is kind of trying to answer a lot of questions we've had throughout the entire series so far, it almost feels like this is like endgame level storytelling, but it's not. And it's just the way they've done this season, and I know they've had a lot of time to craft it, so it should be good, but it's just so well done. And uh, if you've been holding out because the episodes are super long, like they fly yeah, by, well- so don't. When it's not like the length and like I, when I, I apologized to the Duffer brothers and Netflix last week for kind of feeling like I don't really care about stranger things anymore. I care a lot. Trust me, you do. <laughs> you, you, you don't think if you haven't started watching season four yet, you don't think you do, but you still do. You just don't remember. Like it, 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 it takes, uh, it takes half an episode maybe for you to get wired back in, but it's, yeah, it's great. Um, and that's I'm why when my book comes out, you way. should read it. Cause you guys are really hyping it up. So thanks. Also, it did catapult a old 80s song back into popularity that, I'm going to be honest, before Stranger Things, like six months ago or whatever, I had this song in my playlist and I was bopping to it. And then I started seeing it on TikTok like a week or two ago. And I was like, why is everybody listening to this song? It was not popular. Like now it's going to be TikTokified. Go ahead and sing it. No, I'm you not. were you were up on the you were up on the trend. I was I was a little defensive, and then I watched how it was deployed in the show, and I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm glad people are finding it popular. I mean, it's a dope song. Kate Bush running up that hill, mm-hmm. I believe, is what it's called. Yep. It's like number one on the charts right now, probably, or it was last week. So, mm-hmm. right on. Uh, anything else to update us on, or should I swing it over to my man T Dog? Honestly, no. That like that has literally been consuming my week. We watch at least an episode a night. I love recording the podcast with you guys, but there's also like a little bit of my brain that's like, you could be finishing what the episodes that are out right now. What are you doing? And oh yeah, trust me, I I feel yeah. you on that. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much been me and me. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think we, so. I'm going to speak for all three of us and say. Based on things we've we've had a busy week, like so on my end, um, definitely been watching Stranger Things. Also had family in from out of town, both sides of the family, my side and my fiance's side, because uh, the bridal shower, which I which I mentioned. Um, I'm just gonna say it, guys. We fun fact about the the three of us. We're actually a 
polygamist relationship. No, we're not. Illegal has one husband and two wives. It's and not true at all. So if we said we had a shower this weekend, it's because it was all the same shower. It's his two uh, wives were celebrating it. This is 0% true. But we did. It's not, it's not accurate. We also had a shower. Yeah. Basically, we were all very, very busy. We were very getting very clean. Right. Very clean. Um, but yeah, uh, got a Roomba. That was another big thing from the shower that I'm very excited to like the like tech person in me. The, the tech, the inner tech tech that I have living inside myself is is jumping with joy right now. I just, I, have, I haven't had the time to set it up yet. <laughs> so I'm going to over the next couple of days, I'm going to be getting that going. And uh, I think it's going to be a great time. So lame update from me this week, but more to come next week. Trust me. I'll, uh, I'll show up with some, with some big ups next week. In the meantime, uh, I believe tactic is our quiz boy today. Quiz boy, take it away. All right. So today's quiz is on the topic of mallard trivia. If you don't know what a mallard is, it is a duck. It's a duck, y'all. So interesting topic right away. I'm, I'm intrigued. I know nothing about mallards other than that they are a kind of duck. So I feel like I'm going in blind, but I assume Nerd Bomber is also going in blind. So I love rolling right into it. And my first question is going to be, when were mallards first domesticated? What year? In our yard specifically in 2022. No, I'm just joking. Uh, I will go first on this one. I don't actually know the answer, but I already jumped in. So I might as well do this. I'm going to say they were domesticated very early. Like, I feel like this was like Jesus times. I'm going to say. Do you say Jesus times? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say okay. 180. That's Jesus times. All right. Well, actually, it's like immediately post Jesus times. Yeah, I don't. First of all, uh, I am seven and eight. Tectic is eight and six. Nerd Bomber six and eight. Steven one and one. So we're all kind of fighting for around the 500 level of, of recordness. Um, I don't know what the term domesticated even means in the context of mallards like that. Just that the, the whole premise is confusing. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to do something unprecedented. I'm going to use my plus one early. I'm going to say two AD. Oh, you jerk. So you both busted. Oh, it was before. Darn it. I mean, that makes sense. They were, they were domesticated in 4,000 BJT by Egyptians, Chinese, and Europeans. Before Jesus times. Before Jesus times. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for that. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So I wasted my plus one is what you're telling me. That's, that's bad. It's not great for the team right out of the gate. Uh, Okay. Fine. So the next question is, was related to hatching mallards how long does incubation take how long does a mallard take to to cook in there um i don't think it's that long 12 days i feel like it's longer than that i feel like it's like on the order of three weeks, I'm going to say 20 days, though, because I like even numbers better. So the answer, there's actually two answers. It's it's a really tight window. It's 27 to 28 days. So Nerd Bomber takes this one. That's crap. Uh, I no, accept the outcome. Eggs. Ne- next, eggs. next question. <laughs> How long can mallards live up to? Okay, I think they can live a long time because I looked this up recently. I will say that because I was like, if I kept this mallard that we accidentally domesticated, how long would I potentially have? Can this I just stuff? tell a real quick story? Sure. So the mallard you guys accidentally domesticated we, a mallard. We we Is that the story. We had this duck that kept coming in our pool cover. And Multiple years, to be clear. Like he this started is the to third really. Year he came back. He started to really trust us. We named him Steve. He would follow me around. But then when we took the pool cover off, he kept landing in the pool cover and pooping in the pool. And we had we had like we had like a situation where I had to like yell at him and be like, Go on, get we don't want you here anymore. And he looked confused and betrayed. And this happened over the course of the week. It was, it was heartbreaking. It was completely and totally heartbreaking. I haven't seen it. Why was that not your what are you up to Wednesday? Because I didn't want to talk about it and this just 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 this is this Sorry. quiz is just hitting me too close to home. I had to say it. Okay. 
had to get that off my chest. So uh, how long can Mallers live up to? So anyway, 20 years. It's not that long. Uh, five years. Illegal is not going to be happy. This is one of those nail on the head situations. It's 20 years. 20 years. Exactly. And that's crap. Yeah, it's, it is. It, which is crazy, too, because like in the wild, it's like three years. But if like under the right conditions, they can live pretty long. Well, Nerd Bomber still has her plus one. So in order to even tie, I need to get at least one answer exactly correct. And I feel good about that. So hit me with the next question. What is the wingspan of the average mallard? In what units? Inches. Uh, 30 inches. 31. She is ruthless. <laughs> is it like 32 or something? It's 32 oh, to yeah. 39 inches. We would have had a situation if you guessed 32 and she guessed 33. Because both would have been technically correct. Uh, yeah, that's crap. I'm not, I'm not happy about that. This, that okay, just so I've, lo- this, I've lost. This is almost a sweep. Well, Except on, for the bust, not, but she busted, and also we have one question that just I for redeeming credibility. How tall is the world's largest rubber ducky? Oh my god, I I knew this once. the The largest rubber ducky used to travel around, like it traveled around America. There's like the world record biggest rubber duck, and we actually kayaked up to it at one point. And I knew this I answer. Touched it. I touched it. We touched the big duck, but I don't remember how big it is. Oh, man. What's the units? Feet. And like, is it how tall it is or how wide it is? How tall. I know it's as big as a battleship. It's pretty wide, too. It's got the it's got the sickness. It's a thick boy. For the thickness. I'm going to say, I'm trying to think even how tall buildings are. I don't know, man. A hundred feet. That's a fine guess. Uh, I'm just going to double it and say 200. (laughs) You both busted. Was it 50? It was 61 feet. I, my other gut feel was to go with 50, and I should have listened. So Tiny duck. Either way, Nerd Bomber takes this one. Illegal, you, you are on a you are in a I'm slump. on a horrendous slide. So uh, the record, so Nerd Bomber is 7 and 8, Tactic 8 and 6, and I'm 7 and 9. So, I mean, me and, me and Nerd Bomber still are like basically tied, but it's been a rough, it's been rough. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say besides that. The slide continues. I will try to regain uh, my dignity next week, as always. Or it seems like as I always do these days. Uh, In the meantime, we thank you for joining us to learn about mallards and about bread, bread boxes, and uh, various games at the Xbox Bethesda Showcase. We hope you enjoy what you listen to. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there if you did or if you didn't. And uh, hit us up on Twitter at the handles we mentioned. And let us know what you think about baloney because that was another thing that came up. Uh, without further ado, I will let Tactic take us out with a tech tip. Hey, so if you're feeling down, my recommendation to you is to get yourself a fish tank, bring it into the house, put some a bunch of fish in it, and just, and just as many as you can fit into this large fish tank, because it's supposed to help with endorphins. Have a good week, everybody.